Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo. Welcome. Uh, Good to be here, David. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get out their Bibles. We're going to turn to Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. And before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind uh, inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us see how the Lord wants to speak to us and help us on our journey home to Him? All right, let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, you are an awesome loving, patient, merciful God. Thank you. Thank you for the gift of our lives. We're sorry for the times, Lord, that that we speed through our day and and don't think of you, don't turn our hearts to you. And we ask you, please, Lord, during this this Lenten journey that, um, that, that you would help us to have eyes and hearts wide open, that we can see you in, in everything especially in the the people that you put in our lives. And we ask you, Lord, for the courage for the moment. You are the God of now. And Lord, please give us the courage in in the moments of our lives to love, to love unconditionally, to seek to serve rather than be served, to forgive, to show mercy to those that uh, in our our flesh we might not want to show mercy, Lord. So please give us the courage to to, to live and love in the moment. And please, Lord, hold each person listening right now, hold them and their families in the palm of your hands. Send the Holy Spirit into their hearts right now, Lord, so they know the direction that you want them to take. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Spirit, Spirit. amen. Amen. And in our little Stewardship of Mission of Faith prayer book, there's a beautiful prayer called A Prayer for a Peaceful Spirit. And I really think this is something we should pray every day because too many times we have our busy agendas, our busy schedules. You know, the world's calling us in 72 different directions at the same time, and we don't include God. And we don't slow down to ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? So I'd like to pray this prayer for a peaceful spirit, and hopefully it'll pierce the heart of our listeners today and help us all to slow down. Please, Lord, slow me down, ease my pounding heart, quiet my racing mind, steady my hurried steps. Amidst the confusion of my days, grant me the calmness of your peace. Help me to know the truly restoring gift of sleep. Teach me the art of taking time off, to slow down, to see the beauty in your creation, to chat with a friend, to read a few lines from a good book. Remind me each day that there is more to life than increasing its speed. It is living each moment with you and for you. Let me look upwards into the branches of a towering oak and know that it grew great and strong because it grew slowly and well. Please, Lord, slow me down. Teach me to be gentle and humble of heart, fearing nothing of this world as you are my Lord. 
Grant me rest for my soul now and eternally with you. Amen. Amen. David, awesome. that, that is that is a beautiful prayer. I haven't, I haven't prayed that in a while, and it just it just really highlights the beauty, right? God, the, the beauty of God's creation, and uh, and how you know, just looking looking at the the beauty around us is, is going to help us connect to our Creator, to our God. Yeah. So thank you for thank you for praying that. Uh, not not just reading it, but praying it. And you know, if anybody was touched by the prayer, please just contact us at Stewardship Mission of Faith, and we'll send you the prayer book or you know, multiple copies that you can share, and, and the, the prayer is in there. So uh, just get in touch with us if, you, if you'd like copies of that. Beautiful. And Rob, do you mind giving us a little bit of gospel love today? Okay. So the gospel is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, 1 to 9. Luke 13, 1 to 9. Some people told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with the blood of their sacrifices. Jesus said to them in reply, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were greater sinners than all other Galileans? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. Were those 18 people who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Do you think they were more guilty than everyone else who lived in Jerusalem? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. And he told them this parable. There once was a person who had a fig tree planted in his orchard. And when he came in search of fruit on it, but found none, he said to the gardener, For three years now I have come in, come in search of fruit on this fig tree, but have found none. So cut it down. Why should it exhaust the soil? He said to him in reply, Sir, leave it for this year also, and I shall cultivate the ground around it and fertilize it. It may bear fruit in the future. If not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Wow. I think uh, the Lord's pretty serious here, and I really think it's a call to each and every one of us. Um, it says, but I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish. A second time, but I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish. Repentance is all throughout sacred scripture. We must turn away from our sinful selves. Sin cannot enter heaven. In the book of Revelation, it says nothing impure shall enter heaven. We must be all conformed into the truth and beauty of Christ in our journey here on earth. You know, and thank you, Lord, that your mercy allows for that time of purgation. You know, if we've given our yes and we're not fully pure, as 1 Corinthians, I believe, says, the hay and the stubble, the wood will be burned off, but the gold and silver will be refined in the fire of your love. Because for me, man, we must turn away from our sin. We must. And that repentance is not just repeating words to a priest or repeating words to God. It's a true contrition of the heart. It's actual tears that build up and say, I am sorry, Father, for I have sinned against you. It is, it is a true understanding that Jesus Christ paid the price for your choice to sin. He was scourged, crowned with thorns, died on a cross, mocked, taunted for you, for your free will choice to sin. We actually reject that gift 
of salvation and the gift of Jesus Christ's life for each of us when we choose to sin and then fail to repent. There's, the Bible tells us one unforgivable sin. One. I believe that unforgivable sin, ladies and gentlemen, is our choice to hold on to the sin that's in our life. And many times that sin is unforgiveness. Jesus taught us how to pray. And in the prayer, he's very specific. We pray to God, forgive us our sins. How? As we forgive others. But there's a little bit of a line after that. Jesus taught us how to pray the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer. that says, if you will not forgive another their sin against you, your heavenly Father cannot forgive you your sin. Ladies and gentlemen, this challenge goes right into the second paragraph because it's basically in a parable that Jesus always liked to break open. The fig tree planted in his orchard, meaning the world, meaning God's orchard, God planted it. God planted each and every one of us here. James tells us in the book of James, faith without works is dead. The works we're called to do are works of love. The scriptures tell us that God prepared those works of love in advance before he knew, before he formed us in the, in the womb of our mothers. He knew us and he prepared those works for us. So like the fig tree, like us, we represent the fig tree. We're planted. And God says, well, in search of fruit, but found none. You see, our yes to Jesus Christ is a call to action. It's a call to love. It's not just lip service. Because in the Bible, it tells of other people who said, Lord, Lord, knew he was Lord, called him Lord, but did not have that works of love, which are the fruit, which are feed, the hungry, clothe, the naked, visit, you know, the, the, the uh, stranger, you know, um, visit the prisoner. Those works of love in, in the Mount, Sermon on the Mount, that's our works of love. So the Lord says, you know, um, he doesn't see fruit. For three years, I have come in search of fruit, but I found none, so cut it down. But this is then what we call intercessory prayer, because the person that's being told the story says, you know, and, and here's a key, God says, why should it exhaust the soil? And that's you and I, when we just take from the world all the worldly pleasure, pleasures, all the gifts God's given us, and we make it all about me, myself, and I, that's exhausting the soil, the soil of our heart. And so he says in reply, sir, this is a person hearing the story, leave it for this year also, and I shall cultivate the ground around it. We're called to plant the seeds of faith. We're called to fertilize them. We're called to cultivate the ground. We're called to water the seeds that others have planted. And it says it may bear fruit in the future, but if it doesn't, you may cut it down. Our life, our yes, is a call to action. In our uniqueness, we're called to be Christ to the world, to be that vessel of God's love, God's truth, the light in the world that's in darkness right now. And those works of love, as James tells us, without faith and works together, it's dead. Faith, lip service, dead. Works, we can't work our way to heaven. Catholic Church teaches that in her catechism. But we also can't give lip service and say, I have faith in Jesus Christ. And works of love aren't the fruit that are produced. So again, this, this, this scripture really hit me, Rob, really hit me. 
And David, as you're sharing, there's just so many, so many things that the Lord is speaking into my heart. You know, the first one uh, is you know, how, how often have I said, well, I'm not as bad as those guys. <laughs> you know, who, who, who am I measuring myself against? It's usually people that are a lot worse than I am, right? And, and in my heart, I'm not, I'm not as bad as those guys, but Jesus is very clear. Don't worry about those guys. You know, we need to, you know, our, our measuring stick, our bar needs to be Jesus. You know, if we're going to compare ourselves to anybody, compare ourselves to, 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 to our Lord and, uh, and just the seriousness of repenting. Just the other night I was reading a, a reflection in a, a prayer book called Divine Intimacy. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful prayer book. And each day there's a different topic. And a couple of days ago the topic was just one word, sin. And it talked about the seriousness of a single sin. And it took you back to the story of Lucifer. One time he turned his back to God or said, I will not serve. What happened? Right? Adam, eternity. Adam and Eve. One, right? One sin. And look what happened to all of us now. We we inherited original sin. So sin is serious, right? It's a a separation. So I think sometimes I take it casually and, and, and don't really appreciate how much Jesus suffered because of my sins and how much I need his mercy. And sometimes I might take it for granted or, or be lax in, 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 uh, in receiving it or, or asking for it. But sin is serious business, right? That we, and we don't want to mess around with that. And he's, like you said, David, he's, he's not mincing words here. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do not repent, right? You know, that, that powerful word, if, if you do not repent, you'll all perish. Uh, and repentance out of fear is, is a good start, right? It's a good start if we're afraid of hell. That's a good start. But I think we're invited into repentance, like you said, there's repentance that we're, we're, where it brings us to tears because we know that we've hurt the heart of Jesus, yes. that we love Jesus so much. And, and he's got a, you know, he's fully God, fully man. And, and he, has a, he, he has a heart that is longing for love, that, he, that he's given so much love to the world and he receives so little love in return. And, and that hurts his heart, when, when his love isn't reciprocated. And when we realize that, then that's when we have those beautiful tears where we're like, wow, Lord, I hurt your heart. I hurt your heart. I don't want to hurt your heart anymore. And then we, we repent because of that. And then the beautiful truth is that we can console his heart. That once we realize that our sins hurt his heart, the same is true on the opposite end, that, that our works of love console his heart. Yes. Our time in prayer consoles his heart. Our thinking of him consoles his heart. There's a, a beautiful uh, title, for our, uh, title for Our Lady, Our Lady Flame of Love. And it's uh, the relationship that a woman in Hungary had, Elizabeth Kindleman. She died in 1985. And for the last you know, good chunk of, of time in her life, she had a conversation with Jesus and Mary. And received the imprimatur from Archbishop Chaput. So, you know, it's, it's got, the, got the thumbs up for us to, uh, to read and to, to live some of the calls in there, but the one thing that really broke my heart, and Dave, sometimes our heart needs to be broken in order to love and, and to have compassion. And the one thing that I read um, that broke my heart was when she was in the church and she was doing some some task, a work of love, right? She was cleaning the carpet, doing something, and she was about to leave. And Jesus says, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, please don't leave. There's not one other person in the parish thinking of me right now. I read that. I mean, some parishes have 2,000 families, 3,000 families, right? That's a lot of people. And at that moment, not one person was thinking about Jesus. 
And he, Jesus, King of King, Lord of Lords. And he's just saying, please just hang out with me, Elizabeth. And he's saying that to all of us. So don't underestimate any little turning of our heart to Jesus through your day. You could be in the middle of a meeting. You could be in the middle of class, in the middle of, you know, cooking dinner. And you turn your heart to Jesus. You could be the only person in, in your parish. If you're in a school, you could be the only person in your school at that moment thinking of him. And that's going to console his heart. That's beautiful. So if our repentance goes from a fear-based to a love-based repentance, that's a beautiful thing, right? Knowing that our sins hurt his heart, but then we can console his heart through all the actions, through all of our thoughts, all of our, our deeds that we do. We can console the heart of Jesus. And, you know, Rob, when you were sharing that, the some people told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with the blood of their sacrifices. To me, that's that's about thinking I'm not as bad a sinner as they are. So I'm going to tell God about the, the men that are committing adultery and I don't do that and this and that. When the Lord breaks it open to me and says, but when you look at an impure, when you look at an image impurely, you are committing adultery. Jesus said those words. You know, when you have lust in your heart, it is adultery. You know, for me, Christ gave his life because it says the wages of sin is death. Someone has to pay the price for the breach in the covenant. Every time I choose or chose in the past, thank you, Lord, the Lord set me free 11 years ago from pornography. Every time I chose to look at that image, I chose to sin with my free will. And then, you know, what God really helped me with is understanding that that image I was looking at, that's God's daughter. That's some other father's daughter. And I'm looking at this image and I'm doing what? What am I doing it with it in my mind? And so for me, what also God helped me do is to reverse what the enemy meant for evil to do good about it. So now anytime the enemy brings any image into my mind, I immediately turn that image and say to the Lord a prayer for that person. I say, Lord, I don't know this person, but you do. You know their story. Lord, I lift them up in prayer and I ask you to help them heal. I'll tell you, it helped me break free from the addiction. And now it's a powerful weapon God uses to pray for everybody. The enemy can bring an image up in your mind or he can, you know, immediately get you to think something. But it's what you do with that thought. Scripture tells us to capture that thought and then turn it for good. Pray for that person. And I tell you, it is a good thing for the person and it'll help set you free and send the enemy screaming. So something that I learned that I hope help, um, helps our listeners, because for me, man, we got to be free. We got to be clean because God wants to use us to flow his pure living waters through. Elsewhere in scriptures, it tells us our hearts are to be those fonts of living water so that people that when they come to us and they thirst for that spiritual truth, they receive the living water from us and they go, <gasps> and it helps them. It helps them on their journeys. And, and you, I think you're maybe alluding to the, uh, the scene of the, you know, the, the tax collector and the Pharisee praying, I'm not, I'm not as bad as that guy. You know, right. the, thank you, God. I'm, look how awesome I am. I'm not, I'm not like this guy. And, uh, and sometimes I'll read that and be like, wow, I'm glad I'm not like that Pharisee. But sometimes I am, you know, that, that I look at others and, and just wonder, oh, wow, you know, how come they're not living the faith like that? You know what I mean? Sometimes we get, we fall into that, like, I'm, I'm so great because I'm, I'm living the faith thing. And, you know, not we, I, I fall into that. And I was looking at, the, at this the second part of the gospel where the person that had the fig tree um, wanted to chop it down. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm that person, you know, I get so frustrated and I'm like, oh, I mean, you know, 
just chop them all down, right? Um, but how how compassionate was was the gardener, right? Give me another year to cultivate, and the the words I circled: cultivate and fertilize, cultivate and fertilize. So, Lord, I, please help me to have the heart of the gardener. That I look at my brothers and sisters, everyone that that I'm in, in contact with, all of the people that are just not at all plugged in with their faith and help me have the heart of the gardener and ask the Lord, how can I cultivate and fertilize love into the lives of, of these people? And, you know, a little thing that I had heard at a retreat once, um, you know, make a list of the people in your life, in your life that you want uh, them to, to develop a personal relationship with Jesus. You know, so write down their names Pray for them first. Pray for them by name. Right? Offer them up in prayer by name. And then be a friend to them. So be a friend, make a friend, and then introduce that friend to Jesus. So many times we you know, just want to go in there and close the deal. You know, we see somebody that needs Jesus, and we're, we're going we're gonna to give them a little Jesus, right? We're going we're gonna to convince them. Um, but most people, the cultivating, the fertilizing is a process, and it's a process of friendship that we enter into their lives and we get to know them and, and we, we share life with them. And we can't keep away from, from the folks that need the cultivating and fertilizing. We need to, to intentionally uh, be with them. And, and just this you know, guy gave me a little kiss the other night where uh, a gentleman volunteered for Man Up Philly, which is the men's conference in, in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. And he's on the committee now. And we're inviting all the men to come and we're doing pulpit invitations and we're doing posters and everything. And he said, you know what, Rob, the reason that I went the first time was because of of you. Not when you spoke on the pulpit, but just you and and your friendship. And then you asked me to go and I went. Right. So, you know, the importance of that cultivating and fertilizing, it was just being a friend to this guy. We didn't talk about Jesus a lot in our friendship, but we just, we hung out and we got to know each other. And, and it was through that friendship that, that he said yes. And then God took, God took it from there and, uh, and really just is doing beautiful things with, within the life of this, of this guy. You know, Rob, there's a little ditty that goes with what you just shared is that people do not care how much we know until they know how much we care. We can drown people with our Christianity with our Catholic knowledge. Stop it. When you cultivate as a gardener, you know you've got to remove the stones and the obstacles and the weeds, and you've got to loosen the soil around the seed that is now developed into a plant. In that cultivation process, you've got to know how deep you can go. You've got to break up the soil around it. You've got to remove the rocks that are in there that are preventing the water or the fertilization to get to it. And you've got to free up the soil so that the roots can stretch out. And that takes hard work. It takes time. And that's our intercessory pair. Here's the second piece, though. Fertilize it. Every gardener knows if you put too much fertilizer on, you will kill the plant. They can't handle it. So just like our brothers and sisters, you know, that, that need us to cultivate and to fertilize, Scripture tells us to spoon feed many times, that we just lightly put it on. And then we continue to be obedient and docile to the Spirit in us to fertilize it appropriately. Because if we drowned people with our Catholic knowledge or our Christian knowledge, we end up, we end up killing the seed of faith. 
and they end up walking away from it rather than when we just show them pure, unconditional love. And for me, that's a learning lesson. And, and I've actually have killed seeds by over-fertilizing it, by not cultivating it correctly. So for me, it's like, Lord, help me and use me as an instrument. And that's surrender. I can't fix it. I can't solve it. But I want to be used by the Lord as an instrument in his garden, in the garden of the hearts of the people that he's put on this earth, which is all seven billion human beings. Use me, Lord, every day. And I'll tell you, your life becomes this great adventure when you realize God is using you in his plan for the salvation of souls, just as he used Mother Mary. Through her pure yes, she opened up to receive, to conceive Jesus in her womb and in her heart, and then took Jesus to her cousin Elizabeth, someone in need, stayed with her the three months necessary. That's our journey, Rob. And and to think about the fact that my yes has an eternal cons- eternal reward or consequence to that, however I choose to walk it out, that, that my yes and my life example, man, I don't want to see anybody perish. I want to see all come into the glory of God in the kingdom of heaven. Christ came and gave his life for all. Use me, Lord, for your purpose today and every day of my life. And, and that's a great challenge. And uh, you know, a lot of times in our own lives, the cultivation, fertilization is going to come through forgiveness, yes. right? That we need to allow the Lord to cultivate and fertilize our hearts. And, you know, even if we, you know, even after we've said our yes to the Lord, there might be things, there might be wounds that we've, that we've pushed down and we've suppressed for so long. Um, and God wants to give us more. He wants to to grace. He wants to 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 pour grace into our into our lives, but there might be these pockets of our hearts that are that are so dead right now because of of unforgiveness. So in this time of Lent, you know, I just pray a prayer for myself and for you, Dave, and for all of our listeners that that God will gently reveal and heal, right? Just like the stones they were talking about in the garden, that He will gently reveal and heal all those impediments in our hearts. And one of the greatest tools the Lord gave me for that healing, Rob, and I never saw it, those that have wounded me, those that I still carry unforgiveness for, the Lord says, I want you to pray for them. And man, I, I wrestled with that. And I said, Lord, I don't have it in me. But Lord, I surrender to you. Please help me to pray. Pray through me for them. And as I started to pray for them, I got set free and I healed. And now I do pray for them with a pure heart. So again, it's the key. What's the key? Christ is the key. Go to him. He's your source. He's your strength. God bless each and every one of you. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization 
and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.